Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. I think we're at episode 23. We've obviously just had the division round, and or sorry, just had the wildcard weekend and we're looking ahead to the division round. It wouldn't be an episode of Huddles and Stout without my great companion, Rocky. How are you, mate? I'm good, pal. Um, great companion. Oh, you might be, you might be, as they say in France, blowing smoke up the owl hole, but uh, thanks. Just trying to get you in good mood for, for an episode. I'm time. in a good mood. Um, it was a good wildcard weekend. Um, maybe it, it didn't was. look like it would be on paper or look as good as it turned out, but that was a doozy. Yeah, you know it was, and uh, look, I suppose there was a shock, and um, it was probably the more predictable of shocks, but yeah. nonetheless, it was a shock. Um, and we kind of had a. An anti-shock. We expected a shock. Yeah. That turned out to not be a shock. Uh, courtesy of Mister Thomas Edward Brady. But look, we we get to all that. Um, ah, eventually. Again, look, it's gonna be, a, it's 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 the playoffs. So it's gotta be more laissez-faire. It's gotta be play what you see. It's gotta be a bit of a, a bit of an audible. So we we keep the Sasquatch sat because I'm nothing without me. A fan one. favorite. A fan favorite. Yeah. We'll do a recap of, of all the wildcard weekend rounds and then we'll do a bit of a brief preview into what's sure to be a heavy slate. Yes, sir. Round. Yes, sir. But without much further ado, I'll kick it off with the Sasquatch stat. Um, so, QBs with 300 plus pass yards and 70 plus rush yards in a playoff game. Steve Young, Lamar Jackson, and now, Daniel Jones. Oh ho! Who? Yeehaw. Who would have seen? Who would have seen this in August? Not me. Not. Yep, that me. was. Um, that's a good one. Now I think uh, I'll Danny Dimes or Vanilla Vic has. I think he's done enough now. I think uh, himself yeah, and Babel are going to be the new New York image. Apologies, Giants fans. I will be brutally honest and put some conjecture. He is still the worst quarterback left in the playoffs. But it works. It works. Um, is he, though? Yeah. Is he, though? Or does the worst quarterback play for the Cowboys? The oldest quarterback I'm gonna plays that. for the Cowboys. I'm going to let that hang. Sorry, Cowboys. I'm, I'm a hater. I'm a hater. Yeah, we are. We are haters. We're <laughs> we're both in agreement that we're haters. But look, that's a stat from the division round. So let's get to the recaps. Uh, I'll kick it off. We opened up the wildcard round Saturday evening with a little NFC West matchup: San Francisco yeah. 49ers, 41; Seattle Seahawks, 23. A truly, a, few notes, it? a truly entertaining first half of football. Yeah, um, I think. Look, if if we choose to examine the game in a vacuum, look, it was a fairly one-sided second half. If we look at the Seahawks' season as it's whole holistically, I, I think it's an excellent season. I think as yeah, as we look go through the recaps, we might just make a comment on. The losers' season. I think the Seahawks have to be happy. Overall, 
Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing. I, I'm prepped. I'm armed. Um. So for my recaps, I've done like a spotlight or kind of a, a look on the offensive side of the ball for both teams and defensively. So, if you'll indulge me, please. Um. Quick points I had just obviously. Look, in a losing performance, DK Metcalf, and in a winning performance, Debo Samuel, both put on a show. Uh, they each finished north of 125 receiving yards and with, a, with an 85-point-plus receiving grade. Um, Debo, six receptions, 133 receiving yards and a touchdown, including that 74-yard catch and run, which I suppose was nail coffin um, whatever other euphemism you want to use uh, put them up by three scores in the, in the fourth quarter um, and in addition he, he had 32 rushing yards on three carries as well the ultimate uh, pen knife footballer I think just ultimately like utility player uh, and Metcalf was also pretty outstanding he, he had 10 receptions 136 yards and two touchdowns um, and in, in addition to that, he caught four of his five contested targets, which look just just speaks to the the value of the man in traffic and the kind of physicality he can bring to the game. Uh, look, I think he he did a tremendous season for them, and and he went out on his shield. Defensively, um, I suppose the games standout defensive player was uh, many who. Um, Five pressures, two sacks, two pass rush wins. Um, I think it was a team high, thirty-three point three percent pass rush rate. Uh, also added a tackle against the run. Um, but yeah, he, I thought he was tremendous when. Look, I suppose much of the pre-game conjecture would obviously be on Mister Bosa. Um, Bosa, so he did, he did pretty pretty huge game. <coughs> Big game. Um, um, the more successful wildcard weekend of the Bosa brothers, I think it's fair to say. I don't think that's a, a that's going to be a topic of debate. Uh, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, look. Yeah, I think Seattle. I'm, I'm one of these people. All of my bad takes. I'm just after bringing up my preseason prep. I had them going four and thirteen at the start of the year. Embarrassing. Unfortunately, it's past the six-week statute of limitations, so it doesn't count. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't count. Um, but I think the Seahawks fans, obviously, it's it goes without saying, extremely disappointing to get to the playoffs and lose, particularly when the Seahawks were probably facing off against what a lot of people consider the best team in the NFC um, and maybe the most rounded team in the NFL. Um, and to, to stay very competitive, neck and neck with them, through the first half yeah i think overall it's a very successful season for the seahawks where whereas we had them pegged for a couple of years in misery before they get back on the right track you know who's their quarterback is pete carroll going to stick around they've now shown that they're you know they're ragtag bunch of misfits uh, strong draft you know there's there's hope for them for the future who knows the shelf life of gino now but you still have um tyler lockett DK Metcalf, you've got a, a slew of, of 
good young players in the re most recent draft. Um, so overall, it's a good old season for the Seahawks. A nice uplifting experience. Gone on the Seahawks. Yeah, up, 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 P. Carroll, up, Ryan. That's it. I couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, a nice introduction to the playoffs. I think, like, a, a solid game. Plenty of points on show. And it was interesting. It, it was. It was. It had was. a bigger break than it was. Yeah, it did. You know, that margin did grow gradually throughout the second half. And you felt as if, right, this is where the 49ers pulled away. And they did, unfortunately, uh, for Seattle and the expected outcome you know prevailed um but yeah it, it was a good a good marquee event for the uh the playoffs or premiere yeah how do you tell these people about a man who doesn't lose on saturdays we should tell them about you should tell those people all about him doesn't lose on saturdays prince who was promised yes um you called this you've been saying this all season now all season and i didn't want to believe you i had faith in justin herbie coming back a revamped defense of the la chargers adding big names khalil mack jc jackson um but ultimately brandon staley's side fell to doug peterson and trevor lawrence who at this game 27 nothing if anybody who, who hasn't seen this game maybe missed one of the games, you probably would have seen the results. This is a game you could go back and rewatch. Um, Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions leading uh, the LA Chargers. They go up 27-0. Um, and we, see, we saw this during the season. We saw the Vikings go down to a similar deficit against the Colts before fighting their way back. Now, the difference between that and this is the Vikings, a playoff team, went that far down or surrendered that many unscored points against a bottom-tier team. Here we had two te playoff teams doing it, and Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson held their nerves. They didn't change their game plan, and they, they persevered. They were able to, to get through those mental errors. I know two of the, the first two interceptions were unfortunate. One was a tipped pass. One was on a pass that should have been called for defensive um, holding or pass interference um, I have to say credit obviously to Trevor Lawrence we've seen him we've he's had we saw him have a couple of games this season where we said right he seems to be turning it around but I have to say massive props to Doug Peterson too because not every coach digs themselves out of their that their hole or the hole like that their hole um <laughs> But uh, God, a stunner, a stunner! What a, it was a fantastic game. I I'll confess. Yeah, no, it, I didn't watch this game completely live. I think it was the late one on Saturday night, so I watched the first yeah. half, twenty-seven nothing. I know um, there was a a viewer over in stateside who had the same idea as me, and I woke up and it was um. At well, Jags the, there, there's a there's a there's a severe difference there. There is. You, are neutral. This man was fully garmed up in uh, Chargers, Chargers apparel. 
charges faithful. Which, which look, if 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 you swing that way, you can still get from a good friend to usasports.co.uk. Just click the link in the podcast description, and it's all there. Um, yeah, look, I think it's just a, a bit a bit from myself because it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't hopefully share it myself. Um, two key players to follow, obviously. Prince was promised. Trevor Lawrence has now not lost a game played on a Saturday in either high school, college, or the pros. Now look, he's playing this Saturday. It might change, but just to talk about a tale of two halves. So Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions, as we well know, in the first half. That equated to a passer rating of twenty-four point five. In the second half. In addition to throwing the three touchdowns, he was surgical. And I mean surgical. And that ran for a QBR rating of 144.5. So, yeah, look, incredible performance by Trevor Lawrence. To give a shout out to the the losing side, uh, Asante Samuel Jr., Playing cornerback for the Chargers. Mm-hmm. That's probably one of the best defensive performances in a playoff debut. He obviously picked off Trevor Lawrence three times. Forced an incompletion. His three interceptions fell just one short of an NFL postseason record. That record dates back to 1979 and was set by Vernon Perry. Um, Making his old man proud. So it's also the first time since 2003 that a player has had three, three interceptions in a playoff game. I thought, look, just for conjecture, because I've said it a lot this season, my issue is not with Justin Herbert. My issue is with the Chargers organization. I also believe Brandon Stanley is not coaching how he coached last year. And I think that has been the ultimate issue with the Chargers this year. I think they've gone away from what made them uniquely the Chargers last year. And what is uniquely Justin Herbert, which is risky. Risky. Yeah. Uh, my issue with, with that loss is is Brandon Staley was defensive coordinator for the Rams. And during his tenure in Los Angeles there, he, he commanded one of the league's best defences. Um, so now he was, he's one of the few, well, one of the few successful defensive oriented coaches. When I say successful, I mean reaching the playoffs this year. And he managed to get himself to a 27 nothing lead. And, and you would hope a 27 lead, defend that lead. You would hope that a defensive minded head coach would be able to dig his heels in and at least protect that lead. Even if the offense did take the foot off the pedal, um, for the defense to surrender that many unanswered points, Brandon Staley's job, I think, was secure going into the playoffs, but he is he's put himself in the crosshairs. Um, there'll be a lot of a lot of conversations going on now. Maybe it's he hasn't as of yet been relieved of his duties so maybe it's unlikely that he will be I think a lot of people are expecting arguments could be made the progression has been made they they failed to make the playoffs last year they've made the playoffs this year it's arguably trending in the right direction yeah 
they were one game away from the playoffs last year. They were one game into the playoffs this year. Three more years and they'll get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, if they if they keep on at this rate of acceleration. Um, yes, yeah, so that was the late one Saturday. Uh, and look, it is definitely worth the rewatch. Even if you're a busy individual and you only have time for the highlights, I thoroughly recommend it. The 14 minutes is, is still a masterpiece. Um, so from the last game Saturday to the first game Sunday, a lot higher than we probably predicted. Buffalo Bills 34, Miami Dolphins 31. That obviously been a Dolphins without first name to a second name, unpronounceable um, a QB. Um, for the Bills, I suppose, look, it was the full Josh Allen experience. If you've ever seen it, it was. That was Josh Allen personified. Six, it was the, the full variance of Josh Allen. Yeah. Six big-time throws, two turnover-worthy plays, and multiple first downs with his legs. Uh, to call out someone else, big game, Gabe Davis. Uh, brilliant performance for the Bills. He... I think he was six of nine targets for 113 yards and a score. And in his last three playoff games, Davis now has 355 yards and six scores. So he's a big time player for the Bills. Um, playoff game. Ultimately, I think they will. I think ultimately there'll be a lot of speculation this week around concern for the Buffalo Bills. I think, starting to suspect, they may just be one of these sides that play down and up to the opposition. So I think they'll stand toe-to-toe with your Kansas and your Cincinnati. But I think the danger for them is playing a side like the Miami Dolphins. Sands, the starting quarterback. Because it really was a lot tighter, a lot crazier of a game than anyone predicted. Um, I'll be honest. I'll talk about a different code here. I'm a massive Arsenal fan. Obviously, the start of this clashed with the Derby. Boo! I was willing to... You know, the game was comfortably put to bed at that stage. I was willing to watch the entire Arsenal game in its entirety before turning this over. So that show, kind of shows you where I was at. For the Dolphins, very much a story of their defence. Um, they sacked Absolutely. Allen seven times. Um, and look, I could call out kind of multiple people, but I'm going to call out a man who didn't even record a sack. Jalen Phillips did pretty much everything he could do without Zach and Allen to, to get Dolphins a win. He racked up a ridiculous nine pressures and six run stops. Both figures led all play- players either side uh, in the game. So look, uh, a brilliant performance by the Dolphins. I think they have a good coach. I think they have a good coach. But interesting times in Miami this offseason. I think they do have a good coach. Um, at least in the, for the fact we've seen... Um, Mike McDaniels take accountability when mistakes were made. He seems to connect with. Look, he was starting Skylar Thompson over against Josh Allen, and he held it to a respectable, a respectable score. Um, I think, as you say, Jalen Phillips, massive shout out. Hopefully, the I mean the defense for Miami has been a problem all season long, but hopefully, the development of some of their younger players will stabilize that. Um, yes, we entered this season wondering whether two is the guy. Unfortunately, we're, we're ending the season wondering the same thing. Maybe it's not skill-related. It probably is to an extent. But injuries now factor into that massively. 
I'd argue it's 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 maybe grey matter and injury based. That's um, by injury. That's that's sort of what I'm referring to. Um, I'm mean, like at this stage. But by but by but grey matter, I mean, I wonder if he has that kind of elite mentality. Right. Um, I think he has the skills. It's just I think. When what I thought you meant with grey matter was CTE and perhaps brain damage for a succession of, no, of concussions. Like a, like a, a, that's been the issue this year but there's been a lot of lower limb inju- injuries in yeah. college and his early years in the pros so um there has been but yeah, i for me that's that's the most pressing concern for tua is years down the line and and what the the long-term effects of a succession of concussions in a, quite a short time span what effects they may have look i don't want to it to have to retire hopefully he doesn't when it's all said and done the dolphins might be looking for different long-term plans at quarterback um and um, i with, think you, you don't have to be too shrewd to realize that look you have a good coach i know i keep banging on about mike mcdaniel he's the source of one of my biggest conspiracy theories but he is a he's a good coach and Ultimately, success is predicated on a good coach and a good quarterback. If you get one, the second comes easier. So if two is not the guy, you have a good coach. It might be, might be, might be good time now. What Mike McDaniel has done this year, to. Uh, and not to mention the pieces around the quarterback. Obviously, we've seen some quarterbacks take steps this year as a result of some of the pieces that were added on the Dolphins. Now, any. If, core, if Tua isn't the starting quarterback next year, the starting quarterback will have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Um, they'll also be supported in the run game with Raheem Mostert and uh, Jeff Wilson. So it's it's a good core of players. It'll be interesting to see whether Tua is the man next year or whether you know the rumours, maybe Tom Brady makes an appearance there after the tampering allegations all that drama um Classic look it's can't move mess up mess up the organization and then ah yeah come on, like i said man. yeah classic can't move it's i don't know which direction miami's heading to be honest because getting to the playoffs i'm not sure whether they'll either they're surpass you don't know whether they'll surpass this season's results or crater next year with whatever they throw out as a starting quarterback so yeah it's a tough one it's a tough one for Miami fans, I think. And not even a first-round pick to show for it. At least not their own first-round pick. For mm. shame. Yeah. For shame, Mr. Ross. For shame. <laughs> for shame. Yeah, look, I suppose, I suppose it, it might be nice now. Nice little segue. We've gone from an almost upset to an actual upset. An actual upset. Now, they weren't heavy favourites. But the New York Giants bested felled the Minnesota Vikings I have to tell you we do often talk from the perspective of the Philadelphia Eagles as both of our teams as the team of of us both I have to say New York played well enough you know to to have me uh, shaking in my boots a little bit not shaking in my boots but uh, they certainly played well they I think they absolutely benefited from the weak arrest their starters benefited from the weak arrest and um, that the minnesota vikings starters didn't have 
Um, Daniel Jones, as you read in the patented Sasquatch stat, 300 passing yards and 70 rushing yards. Um, Brian Dable. I thought uh, the throw over the middle on, on third and long for New York Giants with um, it was circa two or three minutes left in the fourth. And Sterling Shepard dropped the pass. Um, I thought that was it. I thought, right, here comes Minnesota. They're getting the ball back and they're going to score and they're going to add on to their one-score victories. But no, the defense held fast and we saw, I think we saw the play that exemplifies what Kirk Cousins is. And maybe it's play calling. Maybe it's, you know, the, the game plan. But Kirk Cousins throwing to TJ Hawkinson short of the first or the, the first down line. I don't know if you've on, ever on, seen the footage. On fourth down. Of, oh, man. Of, of Kirk Cousins' um, gender reveal party. No, I haven't. Have you ever seen that footage? No. It's resurfaced this week and it's been scientifically proven that Kirk Cousins <laughs> threw a football further for his gender reveal than he did <laughs> on fourth down in the playoffs. Game on the line. Uh yeah, no, we, we, we look. We, I, I don't know how many weeks, but but it was, it was getting to the verge of needing two hands, where we discussed the Vikings and yet yeah, they're going well, but we just don't trust Kirk. We it was like, it was like there was an echo between podcasts at, at certain points in the season. And look, this is why, this is yeah, why, I'm, not we, we might have pissed off. But, yeah, we might have pissed off Vikings fans for like I think. Kirk has been getting flack throughout the year, um, but I think we've we've just been vindicated on our criticisms for Kirk. I wouldn't. I'm not even sure we got flack. I'm sure Vikings fans are painfully aware um, that he is well. If they the weren't there, quarterback now. to do to do enough to avoid sacking, but not enough to ever be considered truly a franchise quarterback. And that's like he has enough weapons around him that this should not be happening anymore. Like, fair enough, going out in a in a doozy and just getting beaten by the better side. Now, look, you can make arguments the Giants by the better side, and they were. But it was so predictable. Um, it was. It was. Yeah, look. I started to doubt my... I think we both made the prediction of uh, the upset here and just the amount of media members that were on the Giants here. I started to reconsider and... I just I couldn't didn't have the confidence in the Vikings and uh, and we saw what happened. Reflections on the the Vikings season though. I don't think they would have went into the season predicting their win record no. to win I, the uh, NFC North. I I'd be painfully honest and I I think look I'm I'm not going to put them in the caliber of say Brian Dable, but I think the Vikings are happy with their man, their coach. I think Kevin O'Connell has He's done a good job this year. He has um, done a good job, but I it's so weird. I find him so weird in that intense situations. He's never, you know, he's not roaring and shouting. He always seems to be chatting with the ref with a little smirk on his face. It's bizarre. It's almost like um you know that it exemplifies the Vikings. It's 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 I'm odd. Going to I don't dislike him. Rob I'm going to rob a quote from a legendary coach in a different coach. And it was Please. 
if if I need to get hot and bothered on a Saturday, I've lost the game Monday to Friday. Players play, coaches coach, coaching is done by game plan. And no. I I understand your point and I, I think it's valid. But I think ultimately I think given their performances and their one point wins, I know a lot of luck factors into it, but I think it's the sign of a kind of a team that keeps playing. Yeah, look, um, maybe it's the sign of, you know, if a team needs to win in a one score situation, they've been able to grind it out. I've, I don't think Kevin O'Connell is necessarily a bad coach. It's just, you see a lot of the reserved coaches, Bill Belichick, for example, and this, I'm not talking about Kevin O'Connell, you know, grinding his players i'm talking about even just plays where you see him arguing with the refs yeah you see bill belichick pete carroll the old guard the new guard with uh nick siriani and brian dable you see them erupting on the sidelines when they're you know justifiably pissed off about something whereas and look i won't like to the vikings fans who maybe are taking a bit of offense at this i haven't watched every minute of every vikings maybe there are multiple examples of it but um for me kevin o'connell hasn't done enough to say he's the dude we've seen coaches have some excellent first years before cratering off i think we were talking about one of them in particular earlier on i i i honestly think if you compare year on year compare him to zimmer last year i think it's like night and day and I think, look, sample size, we have a small sample size one season. I think evidence would suggest he is a good coach. It's probably, I know what you're saying, and, and there probably is some truth in it, but I also think maybe it's just a new wave of coaching style. It's probably a personality trait, and he's probably been true to who he is. Um, but no, I, I, I wouldn't be unconvinced about Kevin O'Connell anyway. You could be right in the long term, and it could just be a great first season. Look, I, I think the Vikings will enter next season as the division favourite, and I think they should be. Um, yeah, especially, I, especially since we have no idea what's going on in Green Bay. I think Minnesota should absolutely be ecstatic about how the regular season went. Now, however, if if you finished 13-4 and four and were one and done in the playoffs, that's that's. It's hard to argue this season being successful for Minnesota on a whole. Um, I don't know where I fall on that. Overall, I'd be massively disappointed as a Vikings fan. The expectation would have been to to go on a, on a deep playoff run, not just get there and fall to... Fair. And no offense to the Giants, they've Fair. been scrappy all year, but the fault of the Giants... Yeah, look, and I think, look, it was, to be fair, we're, we're, we're talking about a playoff game here we probably spent more time on the side that lost and they could probably be a be grossly negligent for us not to discuss the performance of not just daniel jones but i think also the other side of the ball dexter lawrence had one mm. of his best games one of his best games um i think he was everywhere um and he probably made it difficult for the the vikings to get their game going absolutely uh, sexy dexy um i it's our duty to hate division rivals but new york has a couple of very players hard with the giants yeah very it is. hard with the giants it is um particularly when they're but, they're coached look, was, their coaches so like 
So gosh damn. Suppose you could argue, besides wearing a popper uh, kit, had kind of a, a similar issue this week this weekend in the, in the playoffs, and that their quarterback didn't show up. Um, so moving forward, NFC North matchup: Cincy Bengals twenty four, Baltimore Ravens seventeen. Look, I, I suppose the talking point in this game is nothing to do with any of the players on it. It's 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 all going to be about who didn't show up for Baltimore, and that's Lamar, obviously. Um, yep. Plenty of off-season headlines. Is he done in Baltimore? Where is he going to go? Um, I'm not liking this rhetoric about uh, the Bears potentially trading straight up fields for Lamar Jackson, given the cap space they have. I think you have your starting quarterback. You need to put weapons around him. Um, but yeah, that's, the system that is intriguing. But situation. Um, I don't see why you would do but it. it's as- wrong. Yeah, I don't see why you would do it as the Bears. I I see. Yeah, no. I mean, you develop, you develop. Um, it would be Justin Fields as a passer. You've got a, yeah, a smaller. You know, not as physical, but a faster Lamar Jackson. I don't see why you're 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 trading. What you could have in Justin Fields need- for an older player, even if it is a former Plus MVP. A f- a few more years of cap space because he's in the rookie contract if you bring up Lamar your cap space is gone in one move and you you know from last season you don't have the weapons is Lamar going to want to make that move given the issue in Baltimore is you're not paying me but you're not paying anyone else so look I, I think that's where I stand in Lamar I'd, I'd like to see him as a, as a Raven but I get feelings that he doesn't want to see himself anymore as a Raven hmm yeah look I can't imagine him as anything other than, other than a raven um but it's it's hard to blame him when the only notable players on offense around him has been mark andrews yeah sure they have a they have a, a smattering of dobbins, a, to an, to an dobbins you know gus the bus has had moments justice hill and obviously marquis uh, brown when he was there had a few a few moments but nobody i don't think anybody can justify what the the Ravens front office has done in, in surrounding him with weapons. Yeah. Um and to, you know yeah. what it's this the, it's a shame because I think if, if Lamar Jackson plays this game as you said, what seventeen twenty four was the final score? That's mm. seven point difference. That was a that was on a fourteen point swing play where Tyler Huntley was going on a a reach over the goal line on a sneak push and Sam Hubbard of the Cincinnati Bengals recovered a fumble fumble and, and took it to Cincy the house. Native. Cincy yes, Native. Hometown, I don't think hometown boy. Um, I think he's peaked. I think he's peaked. That's, well, to me, geez, that's, that's <laughs> like heart-wrenching if you're a Baltimore fan. I don't know why Tyler Huntley thought he could, he could jump over a a huge pile of of gents. He obviously thought he was as tall and long as Trevor Lawrence, and he saw it the other yeah. the the evening before. Yeah. Um, potentially interesting that there's 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 less talk about since he struggles against Baltimore than there is against Buffalo's against Miami. Um, yes. I think Joe got the job done, but Joe wasn't Joe. If I'm being brutally honest. Um. Again, he didn't average. We saw, as you said, um, Josh Allen sh- struggle, 
and we saw um, Joe Burrow struggle both in divisional games whether you want to chalk that up to anything you know a, a foe being familiar against the two quarterbacks that that struggled but you are right they they weren't playing to the level we we would normally hold them Um. Yeah, I think that that was kind of. I didn't really have much on this game. Was it, was it? Without being stereotypical, it was it? It was a typical NFC or AFC North matchup. They they're kind of they're they're more physical in nature. They're they're sometimes a, a throwback to a bygone era. Um. But yeah, look, I suppose at the end of the day, Bengals got the job done. And they did. What a play by Sam Hubbard. Uh, ninety-eight yard run for touchdown. That play swung the win probability. Forty-six points in favor of Cincy. We don't normally uh, do so this, huge. but uh, yeah. I'd like to offer a huddles and stout congratulations to Sam Hubbard. That was a an inspiring play. It doesn't matter if the win is ugly in the playoffs. A win is a win. Win's a win, baby. In the words of King Al Davis, just win, baby. And the final, the final recap. We saw the quickest recap of the playoffs. It will be pretty quick now. Dak and the Cowboys went to Tampa and possibly put out Tom out the pasture. We'll see what happens next year, but the the Cowboys, I think this game for them was the antidote to their final um or previous loss to Washington last week. They looked pretty good on in all phases of the games. Special teams, the defense. It looked unfair for the the Tampa offense. Um, obviously, Dak had a, a fantastic game again. My comment about him being the worst in the playoffs is mostly in jest. Um, but look, I'm I'm annoyed that Tampa lost this game because I would have rather playing Tampa. I would have been rathered. Uh, that Tom Brady traveled to Philly. I think the Cowboys could be a dangerous team. I expect fully, and we'll talk about it in a few minutes, that the the Dallas San Fran game to be a fantastic matchup. Um, but I think Dallas Dallas did what they need to to restore confidence to uh, re- restore confidence in them after last week's loss to Washington, embarrassing loss. Yeah, look, I suppose I'll be very honest with you. Please, I wouldn't um, expect anything less. I'll, uh, I'll I'll really show my true colors here, but I suppose my deep-seated dislike of the Cowboys is not necessarily just because born out of Philly fandom, but rather media coverage of uh, what has been over the last twenty years an average franchise, which is fair to say. Yeah, I think if it's not the Cowboys and. To a to a probably a larger extent, if it's not Tom Brady a quarterback, this is as expected. It was the fact it was the Cowboys that this was somewhat of a news story, and um, given the perspective performances of both sides this season, as a whole, like a holistic view of both sides, this is a non-event. This is kind of similar to Seattle and San Fran. It's as expected. Business is normal. Not yeah. A point. Yeah. Look, I had I had Tampa winning last week. I put I I chose them to win, but uh, mistakenly I put all my faith in the Tom Brady voodoo magic, you know, playoff experience, Same. all of that. Same. 
Dallas should have won this game. They were three-point favourites. Tampa, we've seen them struggle in every phase all through the season. There was no reason we should have picked Tampa, but we did. Um, Partly because we thought Tom Brady could actually show up. Partly because we don't enjoy the Cowboys. Um, We we were probably rooting for Tampa. We were. But Dallas, I think Dallas absolutely did what they need to. I think, I think, yeah, the, the, the hype around Dallas has been inflated because particularly of the, the confidence level in them was so low following the Washington loss. Having their starters in, playing almost the full game, almost needlessly, because they were locked into the um, the number five seed there. Um, and to, and then to lose to the, the commanders, it's... Um, it wasn't a good look, but they've they've absolutely come out and they've answered all of their critics. It, but it is gonna it's a different kettle of fish between Tampa Bay, which have struggled all season, and the 49ers next week, which they're on a what a ten or eleven game winning streak. So we'll talk about them in a few minutes. Yeah, yeah, but so that that brings to an end wildcard weekend. And the fun doesn't stop there. Uh, it's divisional. And, and like I said it before, I say it again. Man hasn't lost on a Saturday. Man mm. has not lost on mm. a Saturday. Then again, this is Andy Reid off a bye week. That's that's an un, unstoppable <laughs> force meets an unmovable object. Don't forget Paddy. Don't forget Paddy. Yeah. Um. It's uh, it's gonna be some game, I think. the The Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites now. It's, it's quite a wide margin. Um, I, I struggle with this because we saw Trevor Lawrence basically play, maybe at his worst. And unfortunate, um, but also to to power through that, to persevere, and to come back, and put together a a pristine performance against the the Chargers in the second half. I would say he's seen the best and the worst of him. I think the second half he was phenomenal. Um surgical. Yes. Yes. I what I mean is he was yeah, the worst some of the worst play we've seen from him was in the first half and some of it was unfortunate because there were two I think the first two interceptions you 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 could argue they weren't on him. On him, yeah. Um but now Again, they are facing a different beast. They're not facing the Chargers um, who have underperformed this season, during the season and quite clearly in their first playoff game with Justin Herbert as quarterback. Now they're playing um, Patrick Mahomes, I think, has to be everybody's number one quarterback in the league. And Andy Reid, probably the best offensive coach in the league um they're playing in arrowhead stadium one of the largest home stadiums with a good uh, home field advantage now the defense for kansas has has been its its weak point whereas jacksonville may be a, a little bit more balanced it's not a lot to say i think i would take the the Jags plus eight and a half points. But I think the Chiefs will win here. I don't think the cojones of Doug Peterson are enough to 
to to overcome Andy Reid. That's good. That's a good uh, point as well, actually. Um, Doug Peterson, obviously, quarterback for Andy Reid in Philadelphia. So, little reunion, little angle there. I think he had one point he did coach under him as well. Another book coach in Philadelphia. I think he may have also coached under Andy at some point. I could be wrong on that. Willing to be corrected. Um, but yeah, look, I just think ultimately the Jags just don't have the firepower. Um, I think Trevor Lawrence probably Trevor Lawrence probably has a good matchup. Yes. Against kind of like an inexperienced secondary. But a huge thing for Jacksonville, obviously it's a, it's a, it's a factor of how the game played out but they didn't really get a chance to get uh travis Etienne as involved as they probably need him to be but i look i ultimately just don't i don't think they can match the firepower of mahomes and i actually think in arrowhead against a side with plenty of playoff experience i think chiefs win this and they cover the spread and it's a, it's a hypey one for a playoff game at 8.5 points. I think they cover it. Look, I, I'm not going to argue against you. The, the thing that really gives me pause is, is Andy Reid. Andy Reid of the bye, of the bye week has an unbelievable record. Um, I think the rest for the, the Kansas starters, I, I could easily see them coming in and blowing the Jags out. I was going to be a bit conservative and say that doesn't happen, but I wouldn't be surprised. Fair. And look, we, we, we managed to sneak Philly into the last one. We can't avoid talking about Philly in this one. Um, your New York football giants make the trip up to Lincoln Financial Field. Time for that, Irish fans, is quarter past one on Sunday morning, Saturday evening, on January 22nd. Um. Yeah, look, I have the Eagles open up as 7.5 point favourites. Um, it's an interesting dynamic. Um, it, key talking point is, is how difficult it is to, to defeat a divisional rival three times in the same season. We've already beaten the Giants twice. The last fixture you can maybe throw out the window because they rested their starters. The key thing is just how healthy are Philly going to be. Um, so we know Jalen Hart is obviously back. Lane Johnson's back training last week. Playing through a sports hernia. Yeah. Through um, it. Ultimately, it, it's 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 a real one for your for your battle of is it is it worth your while to have a boy or is it worth your while not to have a boy? The one thing I suppose in the Eagles' favors, I suppose because they couldn't get the job done against the Saints, they did have to play their stars in Week Eighteen. So they didn't have a traditional two-week bye, but sometimes sides are, are by the second penultimate week weekend of the season. They can't move up or down. That kind of traditionally can happen to your number one seed. So look, it's an interesting matchup. I don't think they're going to cover that spread um, at 7.5. I think it's going to play very tight. The Giants have nothing to lose. Philadelphia has everything to lose. To be the number one side in the NFL... Or the NFC all season. Yeah. And all their only expectation is rival. Yeah. Yeah. I think ultimately there's a lot of pressure on an inexperienced quarterback who isn't yet to win a playoff game. Uh, that's not necessarily all on him. Um, obviously, only last season was his first season and played Tampa Tom in Tampa. Um, same with the coach and Nick Sirianni. So I think there'll be a lot of pressure. And then there's. There's that ALO as 
one thing I would say, if you want to guarantee it, Boston Scott against the Giants. Again, I told you. Yep, it's happened in every that's that's every bet. game against NYG in his career. Yeah. Um, look, so that, that's I, the bet this week. I it's think not overs Philly, unders. It's Boston Scott to get a toddy. Yeah, I think Philadelphia should absolutely be able to cover the spread. I think if you look at their offenses alone, I think Philly have the better player at the position in in almost every spot. You could definitely argue that um. Jordan Malata's having a down year and Andrew Thomas is playing at an all-pro level. Give them the nod uh, and maybe Saquon um, as well. I think um, even though they were one and done last year, um, Coach Sirianni as well as Jalen Hurts do have playoff experience. It's going to be not obviously Danny Dimes first or a playoff debut, but it's 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 his first run, and the stakes only get higher as as they go on. A lot of people are pointing towards when Philly played their starters against the second, third, and fourth string of the Giants a couple of weeks ago. Um, I think, to me, I think Philly were playing extremely conservatively. Jalen Hurts running wasn't a factor. Um, probably not so much as to conceal any game plans, but rather to preserve him um, I think we see a different beast here particularly if we do hopefully Lane Johnson is back close to close to 100% you, you, you can never tell um, look I I do have respect for this this Giants team I'm I'm really trying not to underestimate them I think I could see an upset here I think the Giants have that it's the, really it's the ultimate banana skin game yeah it is um, look, I'm going to take Philly to win. I'm going to take Philly to cover. Um, but I do think... I think this is going to be a good game. A really good game. Um, mm. And I'm going to have to second... Second your your note. Everybody bet the Boston Scott anytime touchdown. I think you'll get it about 3-1 to one at the moment. Which is a steal. You're playing Ludicrous. with house money there, lads. Ludicrous. Yeah. The and next fixture. Unless, oh, are you ready to move on? No, 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 no. By all means, power through, brother. Power through. Beautiful. Beautiful. The next fixture. Joey Burrow. And the Bengals travel to Highmark Stadium and take on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Now, this is a Dorothy. Dorothy point spread. Five point favourites are the Bills. We saw both of these quarterbacks yes. struggle last week. Um to me to me this is this is simple. Joey Burrow covers Joey Burrow wins. I'd be taking Cincinnati here. I think there's an inflated confidence in Buffalo. I think we've seen look obviously Josh Allen is who he is, but we're seeing that volatility return. You know that that was kind of there around his his early rookie seasons, and thereafter, um, we're seeing that variance. I'm gonna take the Bengals here. I don't understand the the margin of that deficit. I know they've they've lost a couple of pieces home. on the row line. I think home advantage is a huge thing. I think 
there's maybe a bit of delusionment that maybe the Bengals can't go back to back to Super Bowls. I think they can. And if I'm honest with you, I think the success of the Buffalo Bills running game is predicated on Josh Allen. I know they have a running back by committee, but I think ultimately it is predicated by Josh Allen. I think the success of the Cincy run game is Joe Mixon. I think he's a stud. Um, and I think as a result, it's going to be far more easier for Cincy to win the turnover battle. And I think that's ultimately where this game is going to be won or lost. Turnover battle. Whoever wins turnover battle wins this game. And I'd be back in the Bengals by three. I um yeah I I can see the same thing happening. If you look at the the league leader in fumbles lost in in their own red zone on the goal line of your own half, that's Josh Allen. He leads that statistic. I could see something like that happening again this season. Um, four. Four times yeah. he's done it. Fair. Um, I think. Yeah, I, th- I, I just, I have the confidence in the Bengals. Just the variance of the Buffalo Bills team, is, is just, it's a bit scattered at the moment. So give me the Bengals. That's fair. I've got a, sp- I've got a spread of plus five, so I'll be taking that all day. Fair, fair. Um, yeah, and. Look, I don't know how they managed to do it, but those pesky cowboys, they always get the last game of the round where everyone's watching. And, yeah, look. Look, I'm not a hater. But I suppose Sunday, January 22nd, 11.30 Irish time, Levi's Stadium, Santa Clara, California. Cowboys make the way up to San Fran. Shishko. Yeah, this to me, it's a very interesting dynamic to this game. I believe the 49ers are on an 11 game win streak. I think they've greater depth, diversity of weapons. And Purdy's just managing the game. I think... I think if, if, if Purdy can get the job done in this one, and I, I predict he can, 49ers obviously, I forgot to mention, open up as four-point favorites, rightly so, at home. I think they have an opportunity if they get a lead to run at home with Christian. I just... Yeah, I just... I think Micah Parsons, to me, doesn't look the player he did earlier in the season. I think he's still destructive but I think Nick Bosa is just as destructive I think Dak had a good game against Tampa I wouldn't be surprised to see him throw two picks one of which a pick six I'm, yeah. I'm back in the 49ers and I'm back and covering that spread yeah look um, I gave props to the Cowboys Tampa had one of the lowest sack rates in the NFL this year it may even be uh, the lowest. It was certainly bottom two. Um, so Dak Prescott had all day um, to to throw passes and pick apart the Tampa defense. Um, this is a different story with Nick Bosa. As you said, himself, Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons were sort of neck and neck for much of the year. Um, 
for Defensive Player of the Year until we saw, yeah, Micah Parsons seemed to have suffered some sort of a, a groin injury, I think, during the year, and his play dropped off. Um, I, I, I would have to echo your sentiment that the, the 49ers at home as favorites makes sense. Um, again, the O-line for the, the 49ers is a different kettle of fish to Tampa as well. So we did see Micah Parsons early make plays against Tampa. And that may not be the case as he matches up against Trent Williams and, and that offensive line. Um, again, the only weakness, and it's it's strange to call it a weakness because we've seen him just do everything he needs to do, but Brock Purdy, um, he's going up against a better D-line now, so we'll just have to see how he manages that pressure. Um, no, no. Let's, let's, let's ask a question here. If he gets the job done, and he, he he looks comfy. He looks he plays a good game. Maybe not the numbers he had against the Seahawks, but just a good game. Do we start yeah. to ask the question like, is this San Fran's QB number one going forward? Like, is he? Because the the one thing you would always say about San Francisco, like, and you look back to they got to the NFC Championship game last weekend, but when last year, but when they beat the Green Bay Packers, it was a brutal game, and Jimmy. It was the defense that won that game against against Aaron in Green Bay. But if he wins, because he beat the Seahawks, let's just say, it, like it was on his shoulders, and he, if he threw it to Cowboys, I think this guy could be QB one. I think it might be time to move off Trey. He would have to have a nightmare game for for me to disagree with you. Draft purists will say, but look at all the draft picks and capital they gave away for for Trey Lance yeah but why argue against results like Brock Purdy is as has this team on an 11 game um winning streak and yeah he does have he does have great weapons in Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey and a good O-line and a great defense but I'm mean, like just continue to build around him um we've seen Trey Lance come in and be inconsistent inconsistent but we've seen Brock Purdy deliver that level of consistency that they were looking for. He may, Maybe he doesn't do anything spectacular, but he does everything he needs to do. And so far, mm -hmm. that's gotten San Francisco to the divisional round, and and he has them as favorites against the Dallas Cowboys, who went 13-4. Uh, and four. So, it's... For me, ain't lost. Brock ain't Purdy lost. is quarterback one. Yeah, I think anything else is some cost fallacy. Fortunately for the 49ers. that's it. That's it. I think a lot of front offices uh, fall into that trap. Yeah, um, and the only thing more attractive than a rookie co uh, contract is Mister Relevance rookie contract. <laughs> Let me tell you, because those figures are minimal. Um, but yeah, look, I, I actually find it hope. annoying how good the, the 49ers are playing with the last pick of the draft at quarterback. It's unreal. I do and I don't. I think... I, I oh, look, no it's a great story. Histor his, but I have no issue seeing historically good franchises do well. I have issues when yeah. poor franchises have two good years. 
because they go all out and get Tom Brady to come down to Tampa. That's that's yeah. where they should. Uh, I like to see yeah. historically good, well-run franchises do well because they, because ultimately that's why Philly is back where they are this season. Even if we we lose the Giants, it is because we are a good, well-run franchise with a good GM. Hard agree. So, yeah, hard to hard to hard to be back where we are considering the Wentz fiasco, and um, where we were just that feels that feels like yeah a lifetime ago. Yeah, that man has had <laughs> has been at two different franchises in that time, and I yes. think he might have a third in the CFL this season. I think um, if he'll accept it, he might have one more year as a backup somewhere. Start the season as a backup, and then yeah, I yeah. don't know. Go win a great cup, I, no No, I did say earlier on in the the year that this was his last. He'd he'd hang the cleats up after this year, so we'll we'll see. This how did we get on to Carson Wentz? Anyway, we're just so Philly biased. It's unreal. So unreal. Philly biased. It's like it annoys me. <laughs> You've got to be top of the charts in Philly. Got to be top of the charts in Philly. Um, yeah. yeah look I suppose thanks very much I suppose for tuning in um, we will be back next week and look we'll have it could be one of the worst podcasts in the season because our season could be over but we'll try and be professional throughout we'll be bags of nerve, nerves this weekend um, we will be. but yeah look that's all from me the fucking tears will be if, if the worst comes the worst we might have to push it back to Friday to get over it to be fair um, but look, just we'll, have to. Uh, we'll play it by ear I think is the fella says but that's all for me that's all for me see you next week thank you and good night exactly right i mean get there's nobody there. inside the 10 get back guys. here it is the season's on the line two receivers left and right mccown takes the snap he steps up he's all by himself fires into the end zone caught touchdown no no the cardinals have knocked the vikings out of the